Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you very much. And uh, Trey, could you do me a favor? I, uh, I tried some of that Traveler's Coffee this morning, but it made me forget my water. Would you grab me a water? And uh, it's pretty good coffee. This is our final message on the Worship And series. And uh, specifically, we're going to talk about worship and failure this morning. Worship and failure. You could uh, speak of it in the sense of, I'm going to worship through my failures. Uh, to be human is to have failures. Would you agree with me? And, um, and so we're going to worship to turn our failures around. That would be another way to say it. But we're going to deal with our failures. I believe the best way to handle uh, a human failure is to hit it head on. It's not to run from it, not to hide from it, not to dodge it, not to deny it. It is just to hit it head on and admit I failed and then worship the Lord to either get through it, turn it around, overcome it, forgive it, uh, reverse it, whatever it is you're looking to do. So our, our verse that we want to launch with is Psalm 107, verse 2. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. Now, would you say the first half of that verse with me? Would you say, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so? All right, so we want to say so, and that is what creates worship is when we say so. And so I want to uh, use Psalm 107 this morning to show us how they used worship to reverse failure, to overcome failure. And the, this message is really about um, uh, reversing, overcoming, um, working through the scars that come into our lives from failure. Now, I was thinking of an illustration that would work for this morning, and um, I believe the Lord reminded me of an incident that uh, I had some years ago. Thank you, Trey. Where um, I was, uh, I run for exercise, and I enjoy running. I, I try to run about five miles, and uh, praise the Lord, um, He's healed me to the level where I'm able to do that again. I actually ran a little over five yesterday. It was great. But um, I had a time when I had lower back pain. It was chronic. It was just it, there with me. It never left me nor forsook me. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Lord. It's lower, lower back pain. It was just always there. And uh, I began to believe it was tied to my running. So I begin to look on the internet, you know, and, and find out what people are saying. And people are saying, we cross-train. Well, how do I cross-train? And so finally, I begin to find a stream of thinking that said, well, the problem is in your glutes, or more commonly known as your buttocks. <laughs> and this message is really about strengthening your butt. I mean, I'm just telling you right up front. So what they were saying is that if you are a guy who runs five miles, then goes and sits into an office, what you're doing is ending up with ultra-strong hamstrings and ultra-weak butt muscles. So you're out of balance because you're deactivating your butt all the time, and you're activating your hamstring, and the result is back pain. I wasn't sure it's true. But I thought, I'm hurting bad enough, I'm going to try something. How many of you know when you're hurting bad enough, you'll try stuff? So I was hurting bad enough, so I decided to try it. So I watched the videos of what they're supposed to do. Of course, it was really interesting because um, 
they get you doing these funny-looking exercises. Matter of fact, my wife caught me doing some of this. She said, that looks a little strange. <laughs> but you know, when you're hurting bad enough, who cares what it looks like, right? So I'm doing all manner of exercise to strengthen my butt muscles and get buns of steel. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, when we talk about buns of steel, and that's what this message is about, I want to give you buns of steel. Unfortunately, I don't have the ability to give those to you. This is work. I'm, you're going to have to do this yourself. Now, I'm going to coach you just a little bit to make sure that I don't end up with a bunch of marriage counseling after this week. Men, I need you just to be stoic. Don't laugh, men. This is women. They can laugh all they want. You know what I'm saying? Because women are obsessed with butt muscles. I, you know what I'm saying? And, and, but men, you just, just, you know, don't nod, don't. You know, just, just don't acknowledge anything. It'll get your marriage in trouble, right? So to get these buns of steel, here's what I've learned as it relates to worship and failure. The lazy butt has their butt on the right side of God. And let me illustrate what that looks like. I know God's word says he will prosper me, but I have no money in the checkbook. Lazy bud. <laughs> Want to reverse that? I have no money in the checkbook, but God says he's going to provide for me. That's buns of steel right there. Come on now. Lazy buns. What they say is, I know God says He is my great physician and my healer, but I am sick. Well, you're a lazy butt. <laughs> Let's get buns of steel. I am sick, but God says He's going to heal me because He's my great physician. Now, I see this across the board, right? You could even take it into themes that we deeply care about and are deep into our soul. Come on now. See what I'm saying? The Kansas City Chiefs have got a football game against one of the best defenses in the league, but their quarterback got a concussion. Let's just turn that around. You see what I'm saying? The Kansas City Chiefs, their quarterback got a concussion. Mahomes, you know, we don't know, but God. <laughs> now, I could go on, but what we want to do is the buns of steel are going to have their butt on the left side of God. It's going to be right before God. You're going to name your circumstance, then you're going to say, but God. My marriage stinks, but God is going to restore it. My children are lost, but God is going to get them saved. So you could just go on and on. And so we want to develop this strengthening butt muscle that causes our back pain to go away and our failure to be reversed. And worship is what strengthens that. Now, the problem with worship is we get embarrassed. So, you know, just like I had to do these exercises in private, my, my wife caught me, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 
What you want to do is some, some worship exercises you may need to do in private. You know what I'm saying? Roll the windows up and shout to God. Shout long and hard to God. Some worship exercises like crying out to the Lord, you may need to do that in private. You may need to lay out the problem before God. Do that in private because it's a little embarrassing. But you're doing it because you know you've got to strengthen that faith to say the words, but God. And that's going to help us deal with our failures in such a way that they don't define our lives. So worship to get your butt in front of God. And we're going to use Psalm 107 as a model and an example. And Psalm 107 is simply going to list out three problems that the children of Israel went through. These might be your problems, or they may not be your problems, but whatever your problem is, just place it there, then say, but God, as you worship this morning. So let's start in Psalm 107, verses 4 through 9. Some wandered in desert wastes, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. I have found as a pastor that many Christians are wandering in the desert rather than attaining to their promised land. I told Pastor Jared we're going to do this coming week's podcast on how to enter into your promised land by saying the words, but God. So we're going to do that. You know, I was listening to a podcast um, yesterday while I was running, and somehow they got on the subject of pack rats. And they said that there was a study done on pack rats that showed that the reason they are pack rats, maybe these are people, these are actual rats. The reason a pack rat is a pack rat is that it's a rat that has received brain damage. And the brain damage causes the rat to lose the ability to get rid of stuff. So instead, it just gets more and more stuff. And that's how you end up with a pack rat. <laughs> now, if you get one of these in your home, you have two options. You can do surgery on the brain to protect it. You could pray miracle healing on the thing. Or you could just kill it. That's fine, too. But Now... What I have found is that many Christians have brain damage. Their failures have caused soul injuries. And the result is they keep on accumulating a failure mentality. And then what happens is as they don't know how to release those failures. They, and and the, here's... You've only got so much capacity as a human. Have you noticed that as a human, you have limited quantities of everything? You've got a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money, a limited amount of energy. Everything must be budgeted, right? And the more that you're filled up with this thing, the less room you have for this thing. That means that if your soul is filled up with failures, what do you not have room for? Faith. The Holy Spirit. Miracles. So that means you're going to need healing in your brain to get rid of some things so that you make more room for God. Christian pack rats, they're the worst. So you 
Receive that miracle healing and God will take you out of wandering in the desert because of your failures and he'll get you going again. I testify here at Abundant Life, the miracle healing movement we have here, I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful that at the beginning, the Lord just gave us miracles are going to continue. It's going to be a staple of your ministry. Miracles are the method. Well, we learned it in missions, but then... Um, we tried to come back from missions and apply it in the United States, and it didn't work. So we'd literally go and see up to 500 miracle healings in a week, astounding miracles. Then we'd come back and have a miracle healing service, and it'd be a complete dud. So it sent me fasting, and I just fasted three days over it. And I was crying out to the Lord. I was, that's a form of worship when you cry out to the Lord. And I was saying, Lord, I know people are different. And I know we've got more medicine. But you're the same God. So it should work here. And all I got from that three-day fast is, are you willing to try again? And I gave a conditional yes. I said, well, yes, Lord, I just don't know how many failures I can take. And the Lord did not respond to that. The only word is, are you willing to try again? Do you know our entire miracle ministry is based on, are you willing to try again? It's, it's an amazing thing how many miracles we've seen on, are you willing to try again? So they wandered in desert, waste, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them till they reached a city to dwell in. And that's where I was saying that so often, now we have institutionalized worship in America. And it's for good reason. Because early on in the Bible, practiced worship, practiced singing was not a form of worship. Okay? It was King David that institutionalized it. And what he said is he started worshiping out in the field with the sheep. Then, as he organized things, he created people that could play the instrument and have choirs and whatnot, and he came up with the most elaborate worship. That was good. But then by the time of Jesus, Jesus, the worship team was in the temple who were against him. So he didn't have a worship team. So he simplified it again. And then here we are 2,000 years later, and we've institutionalized it again, which is a great thing. We're kind of back into the era of King David where we practice, we get good, we, we, we play in rhythm, we, we work on our voices. All of that is wonderful, right? It helps us. So we sing, and that is an amazing form of worship. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't learned to worship while singing, you got to learn. I mean, Forget what those around you think and worship the Lord. Forget what those around you think and worship the Lord. Forget what those around you think and worship the Lord. I mean, it doesn't Just worship the Lord. Okay? Having said all of that, if singing is your only form of worship, you're really not worshiping. Because the Bible is going to describe... a. About 50 ways to worship. Singing is one of those. And if all you're doing for your worship is singing, then really all you're doing is singing. <laughs> I, uh, I know that, uh, you know, these music services, 
So I've got a music service that I, uh, I listen to, and it's always suggesting new stuff for me. You guys, you guys have one of those that's... So this one's suggesting new stuff. So I try it. So I, I clicked on the new stuff. And sure enough, it started playing this song that sounded just like worship. The tune was like modern worship. And I thought, oh, this is cool. This is going to be a new song. And so I'm starting to get into the tune. My heart's starting to throb with it. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I'm listening to it. It's, it's got a nice song. And then I started catching on to the words. And they went something like this. I gave my heart to you. Then you pulled the rug out from underneath me. Now, well, the guy's not singing to the Lord. That's for sure. They had taken modern worship style of music and then put rug-pulling words to it. <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to worship in all the biblical forms. Organized music is one of those. So crying out to the Lord is one form of worship. They cried out to the Lord, and He led them from their desert wandering, and then He placed them. Worship can in the form also of giving to the Lord all those things that cause you to go into desert wandering. What causes so many Christians to go into desert wandering? Often it's God places them in a local fellowship and then they're in fellowship with flawed people, with flawed character. They're called hypocrites. Praise the Lord. We want them in church because it just means we're growing. But the hypocrites offend them and then they leave that local fellowship and that's where God planted them. And so they go into desert wandering. Amen? That happens all the time. Oh, what we want to do is offer the precious gift of repentance. I was telling someone during our, uh, we have a prayer meeting, meets at 9 o'clock, 9940. It's called Time, and Time in Ministry Experience. And everybody's invited to come to that, by the way. And I was telling someone after that that, um, you know, we put this sign up here on the building. It says, we're a Bible-based, spirit-led church with faith for a positive future. Those are our fences, uh, so our fences were Bible-based. If you, we want you to come on the property, that's get inside the fence, become Bible-based. When you violate that, that boundary, you might get some discipline. Well, you're no longer Bible-based. And then Spirit-led. Well, we're going we're gonna to depend on the Holy Spirit around here. Faith for a positive future. Those are fences that we live by. And I have had to do my share of pastoral discipline and say, hey, you're outside the fence. You've transgressed. You've crossed the line. And oftentimes that leads to desert wandering. And I pray for the precious gift of repentance for them to get planted again. I believe it is better if you're on a journey, you know, just because you're planted somewhere doesn't mean you're going to be there for life, right? But it's better to go ahead and put down roots and grow deep and then if God wants to transplant you, he'll get one of those big old tree diggers out. And he'll dig down in there and lift up roots and all, transport you, and take you to the next place. And dig a hole for you and put you down there. And the result is 
you'll start with some established roots as opposed to having to start over with your roots. That's a healthier way. So they cried out to the Lord, let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love. Thanksgiving is a form of worship. Complaining is a form of devil worship. I, I, I mean, it's, it's true. Complaining is a form of devil worship. And I've had done my fair share of it. It's amazing that God has tolerated my devil worship. It's a good thing He's gracious and grants me the precious gift of repentance. Praise the Lord. Some of you work with a bunch of devil worshipers that just, they just worship the devil all day long as they complain. You're one light in the midst of their darkness. Thanking the Lord is how we worship the Lord. Let us thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to... My wife and I were, um, you know, we read marriage devotionals on our day off. And that's good for our marriage, right? You guys do that? You should. Come on, take a day off, spend it with your wife, and do a marriage devotional. So we were reading one, and this marriage devotional was saying, you need a safe place where you can complain. So we were kind of talking that through, and I said, well, I kind of agree. This needs to be a safe place where we do, you know, we can be ourselves with each other, and that's good. In other words, when you're down, you need to be able to complain, and your spouse can lift you up, right? They can, they can love on you and encourage you. That, that's okay. But I'm not sure it's healthy that your marriage becomes this place where you just feel the freedom to cut loose and, and complain all the time. My boss, rah, 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 rah. My brother, rah, rah, rah. my mom, rah, rah, rah. my kids, rah, rah, rah. and so I think there needs to be some discipline with that, so that we don't end up in devil worship in our marriages. I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. So we 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 do have that safe place, but we discipline it, right? So let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of men, for He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. One form of worship I've learned is to offer your circumstances to the Lord. Now, how many of you have circumstances? If you don't, you're not a person. So I ran into some circumstances recently. I need my, the vehicle I had. I love that vehicle, and it died. So I had circumstances. So start looking for another vehicle, and um, you know we look, see what we like and whatnot. And the temptation is for some anxiety to build and whatnot. We took Financial Peace University, so we wanted something that we could pay cash for, not go further to debt, and um, so. You know, I put it forth to our prayer teams and had them pray for us. And we have a prayer team that meets on Tuesday morning. And they were praying for it. Well, I have a meeting on Tuesday morning. And afterwards, I had a set of devotions. Uh, our, our home group is going through the More um, Jesus Bible Reading app. If you're not in a home group, get in one. Get in their reading, their Bible reading plan. Leave comments for each other. So powerful. So in our home group, it was at the place where uh, it was the story of Isaac 
I mean, excuse me, Abraham sending a servant to find Isaac a wife. Now, how do you, how, you know, come on now. Abraham sent a servant about 100 miles away to go find a wife for Isaac that he had never met. And the servant said, well, how am I going to find this right wife? And he said, well, the Lord will prepare one for you. Now, does anybody feel like there would be some room for some anxiety in there? So the servant had some anxiety, so he bowed before the Lord and worshiped and gave the circumstances to God. And God just set the whole thing up. God picked a wife, showed it to the servant, and it was an amazing thing, and it turned out to be just awesome. So the Lord is reminding me, I've got a setup for you. I've got a provision for you. God's got this. And so I put that on my, by my More Jesus app from my home group to read the comments. And what I said is, I believe God's got a car for me, and I don't need to really put much effort into it. And then, lo and behold, later on that afternoon, I got a phone call, and it was from someone I knew who said, my boss thinks this is your car. I said, well, I better go drive it. Sure enough, I bought that car. Isn't that something? See, I didn't have to worry, stress, fret, none of that. It's just God had a provision because I was worshiping. Now, God responds to what your soul is hungry for. Honestly, the reason I'm at Abundant Life Church today is that I was in a place in my life years ago where my soul was hungry for more. I wanted more of the Holy Spirit. I wanted more of the Word of God that partnered with the Holy Spirit. I wanted more practical demonstration of how that is lived out. And I was struggling to find it. And then God planted me, and the deep longing of my soul was fulfilled. And then this fellowship became my promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't let anybody kick me out of my promised land. Not that anybody's trying. I'm just saying that... uh, I want to encourage you. I want to speak to the live stream for just a moment. I believe that God plants people today. You may be watching this live stream and you're in desert wandering and your soul is thirsty. God is offering to plant you. And that's just a word of prophecy I have for you. Let him plant you and you will have a lot more fruit and your life will be a lot more fulfilling. Just receive that prophetic word. Worship to get your butt in front of God. We're going for buns of steel, right? All right. So I'm wandering, but God. I'm in trouble, but God. Let's go to Psalm 107, verse 10. Some sat in the darkness and in the shadow of death. Prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled. Now, they were singing this. Can you imagine singing this to a tune? Every psalm has a tune. So they were singing this psalm. One of my favorites is Psalm 106, actually, where they were singing. The whole song is about the rebellion of Israel. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how, you know, what it would be like to sing to that. So they're saying they were prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Now... Um, I had a mentor that taught me how to play the game of Monopoly. Now, how many of you guys like Monopoly? 
Yeah, I had a mentor teach me how to win. And, and uh, the way he did it was uh, he actually studied it for a college project of what is the key to winning Monopoly. And he came up with, I'm not going to tell you what it is because then if I play you. So, uh, but he taught it to me of the strategy that will actually increase your odds of winning up to about 75, 80%. And so I just, you know, I practice it and it works. But uh, in the game of Monopoly, maybe if you commit to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and commit to reading the more Jesus Bible reading app and get in a home group, I'll tell you the strategy. <laughs> then you can beat your kids in Monopoly. But in the game of Monopoly, you know, it's all about you start off and you get property, right? You got you to get good rolls and you love the doubles because you double, you get to go again. You land on more property, you buy more property. It's all good until you get three doubles in a row and then you what? You go to jail. And nobody wants to go to jail in the beginning. Well, what I find is, is that the American society moves so fast that they're like rolling doubles, rolling doubles. They're moving fast, and they forget God. And when they forget God, you go so long, and then you go to jail. A spiritual jail, a soul jail. And that's what was happening here. But God. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. And I cannot think of a worse place to be than to be a believer in Christ and have no one to help. That's why we have home groups. That's why we're dividing everybody up into home groups and asking everybody, get in a home group, get in a small group, because that is where you're going to find help. We got our last COVID miracle through the prayer of a home group. See? And so it's, there, I just can't think of anything worse. And God has a solution for this. Small group relationships. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and, the, and He burst their bonds apart. God gives a get-out-of-jail-free card when you say, this is where I'm at, I'm in jail, I'm in prison, I'm far away from God, but God is restoring me. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of men, for He shatters the doors of bronze and cuts into the barns, bars of iron. This is another form of worship that will give you buns of steel. It's called your testimony. I don't believe that the devil can erase a memory. But I have... Thank you, doctor. But I have seen the devil gets you so focused on this over here that you forget the testimony. So how do you combat that? Talk about the testimony. Talk about what God has done. And what He did do prophesies the next one. Now, if you've got your own experience, well, I remember when God did this, that prophesies God's going to do this. If you don't have one, just use somebody else's. Get yourself in a small group where somebody says, hey, man, God just brought me a car provision. Well, praise God, he brought you a car that prophesies my car. God just, you know, God helped us get out of debt. Praise God, I'm going to use that as a prophecy. We're getting out of debt. See, it's so simple. And so 
They're thanking the Lord, and this is a form of worship. Giving your circumstances to the Lord is a form of worship. Humbling yourself is a form of worship. I had a time, I remember this, uh, early on in my pastorate, um, I had a set of circumstances that humbled me. Now, how many of you like circumstances that humble you? I mean, you know, nobody really does. And I couldn't fix them. And my humiliation was becoming known to people. And as sometimes goes, there was a church member that decided to use my humiliated circumstances to speak against me. It happens. It's okay. I love God's sheep. It's all right. So they spoke against me, and I heard about it. And the Lord spoke to me and reminded me of David. As David, Absalom rose up against David and kicked him out of his kingdom, and David rose, and there's a guy that chose to use that time to throw rocks at David and spit on him and curse him. And one of David's men wanted to go kill that guy. And David said, no. How do I know God didn't send that guy? Maybe I need to be humiliated more. And that was the word the Lord gave me. So as a form of worship, I chose not to retaliate, but I chose to forgive and say, God, I guess I need more humiliation. So here I am. I'm going to humble myself even lower until you're done. Within a day, the Lord reversed things dramatically. And I got a phone call from the family of the person who had been cursing me that they were in trouble and deep trouble, government trouble. And I was the only one that could get them delivered within their relationship sphere. You know what I did? I said, you cursed me. I'm not going to help you. No, I didn't do that. That would have been devil worship. I worship the Lord, did not bring up what had happened, and just delivered them. Come on now. That's a form of worship to the Lord. And we love to worship the Lord. So, worship to get your butt in front of God. These buns of steel are forming. I'm just giving you the exercises. You've got to practice them. I'm wandering, but God. I'm in trouble, but God. I've been a fool, but God. I've been a fool, but God. So we pick it up in verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways. Now, I like to keep on defining these things. When you read the word sin in Scripture, it means I've missed the mark. The target was here, and I came in right here. What that means is this is God's perfect target, and I hit right here. I missed the mark. I've just learned to be a quick repenter. I missed the mark. Lord, I need forgiveness. Can I start over? Okay? When you read the word transgression, it means you've crossed the line. 
When you read the word iniquity, it means you've missed the mark and crossed the line so often that it's gotten into your soul and your spirit and become part of your DNA. This is where habits are formed, bad habits. So some were fools through their sinful ways that missed the mark of God that He set for them. And because of their iniquities, it gotten into their spirit and their soul and their habits. They suffered affliction. You know, I just figure there's enough affliction in this world. I don't need to bring it on myself. So I try and stay out of iniquity. And if I'm in iniquity, I'm going to like try and get free from it. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. I want to give you a little principle that I believe is biblical and true for today. We primarily look to God to get forgiveness. But the key is, where is God? So let me say it another way. Primarily speaking, we're going to look to God in heaven to get forgiveness of our sins, our transgressions, and our iniquities. But we're primarily going to look to God in people to get healed of those sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I'm going to say this again because I believe it. some people need to hear it. I believe there'd be people on the live stream need to hear this. We primarily look to God in heaven to get our sins, iniquities, and transgressions forgiven. But we're going to look to God in people to get our sins and transgressions and iniquities healed. Just let that roll around in there because this is the way he set it up. We're excited about having... Um, baptismal service this morning and um, honestly this is what this is about getting your sins forgiven is between you and God but the first step of discipleship is between you and God and people so baptism is about taking the first step of discipleship I got my sins forgiven that's between me and God now I'm taking the next step, which adds me and God and people. So by baptism, what we're doing is we are publicly confessing Jesus is my Lord. I'm now a Jesus person. I'm going to go under the water one person, and I'm going to come up another person. I'm going to go under the water, and that is the old me, and that's going to die, and the new me is coming alive. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that's what we celebrate. We do that in front of people because it initiates something in us. It changes things. It's not the end. It's another beginning. And then we walk that out in small groups and relationships, and we grow in that way. Now, I want to read one last verse, and then we're going to have our baptismal service. It says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. So they're in trouble. And he delivered them from their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from his destruction. What I feel to do this morning at Abundant Life is just this. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me. I invite you on the live stream. We have those that are in our at-risk group that are meeting in person in another section of the building. I invite you to pray this prayer with me. I invite everyone who's listening 
You may be even watching this on video on another day besides Sunday, and I invite you to pray with me. Use your words, because when we speak out loud, the faith is released. And I just invite everyone to pray this prayer. Let God show you what it means for you, but this is how we lead so many to have a new start in God, to get right with God, to start over, leaving the life of sin, transgression, and iniquity, and beginning to walk with God and people again. So let's just pray. And um, if you need to do this for the first time, if you need to get right with God for the first time, let this prayer be for you. If you've been walking away from God, let this prayer be for you. Say these words. Say, God, I thank you that you sent Jesus into this earth. He went around doing good, healing all who were sick and all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with Jesus. And I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And he was buried in the grave for three days. But God resurrected Jesus. And now Jesus rules in heaven. But I want Jesus to rule in my heart. Jesus, come in. Be my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me my sins. Give me a new beginning. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your joy and your peace. And I will boldly proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Say it louder. Say, Jesus is Lord. Now we're going to strengthen our butt muscles and get some buns and steel. Ready? Come on, we're exercising. Say, Jesus is Lord. Say, I have buns of steel. Because Jesus is Lord. Amen. And that's how we do it. Come on now.